this is nutrition of the soul, these conversations. So that for me is harmony. But come back to this point about trauma that you're alluding to from the wound. Like if we let go of the word trauma, and because everyone's been traumatized, in my humble opinion, yeah, sure, I was hit by a roadside bomb, uh, sorry, post-traumatic stress, depression, went suicidal, cool. I can put all that aside and just go, right, if I re-look at that, it wasn't the roadside bomb. The roadside mm. bomb was the wake-up call. So it was the explosion, the kick in the ball sack to go, mm. James, you are going charging down that road. And the universe needs such a big slap to get you to wake up to what your priorities in life are. Mm. And that was the big lesson from Iraq was have a look at your priorities, have a look why you are truly on the planet. At the moment, you are utilizing your skill set in a way in which is going to be capstone by a structure or a culture, which is not actually going to be of complete benefit to the world where you could be. So get out of that, open up, really own yourself as a warrior, as a leader and all those archetypes, and then bring it to the world in a way in which you could never do in the military. And you will help people in the military heal. You will help everyone outside the military. heal. You won't just be locked in. So trust yourself. Trust me. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. G'day and welcome to Nutritious Conversations. I'm your host, Duncan McMartin. My intention is that these chats with my guests add as much richness to your life as they do mine. And you too can be inspired to indulge in nutritious conversations with friends, family and complete strangers. Big love and enjoy. Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Nutritious Conversations. I've got the amazing James Greenshield. I, when I kicked off this podcast, I, I threw a whole load of names down, and and James was one of them that I actually wanted to connect into. And I've been watching James for for a little while. Uh, my very first encounter with you, James, was. Uh, was grab life while the ball's on the sunny coast, mate. Um, a, a mutual acquaintance of ours, Sam Parker, and uh, and Sammy's doing some great work in that space. And yeah, and I, I, I yeah, I just I loved what you were saying. And um, and over the years, so I think oh God, ten years ago or something like that. But but over the years, it's <laughs> you've been doing this for a while. But mate, welcome to the podcast. Before I I keep prattling on. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, I'd always kick off with just a quick question on what book are you reading at this point in time or writing, mate? You know, there seems to be a few few people are really stepping into the writing space, but uh, is there anything sort of sitting front and centre for you? Uh, <laughs> uh, many people telling me to write uh, and it's a, it's a book in the making. It's all about harmonic leadership. It's um, it's all about a new, what I would call the evolutionary way of leading, um, leadership for the new space. But um, the the book I'm actually reading is um, a fascinating book called The Future of Money by a guy called uh, Bertrand Lydia, I think his name. Um, and it's a uh, an energetic look at the what the what money is, the monetary system, uh, not economics, but the monetary system because money is energy, and um, yeah, economics has never made any sense to me. But uh, and you know I've I've had to work through my own self worth too. Um, getting straight out of high school and straight into a paid job, you know, every second week it turns up. Then getting out of that and actually having to tell people what I'm worth if they want my services was a big, um, yeah. a big step in life. So 
Yeah, I decided because I wanted to understand a little bit more of that. And he speaks of money in Jungian terms, like understanding mm-hmm. the shadow and the feminine aspect of it and everything like that. So that's the book I'm reading as well. Oh, mate, I think it's going to have to be on the the top of the pile for me now. <laughs> as we were chatting off camera, yeah, I've stepped into that space of, of um, the predictable paycheck, the golden handcuffs, um, you know, the big dollars, and stepped into the unknown. And it's a... It's a beautiful trusting space but man yeah it, well it brings up a lot of stuff in you um and i'm there's a I, there was a term i think it was I'm trying to think he said it whether it was east forest or jp sears and it was a term which is sitting in the sweat lodge of your emotions yep and i love that yeah mm. it, you know <laughs> anyone's ever sat in a sweat lodge which i haven't done but i've been in some bloody hot saunas and especially when you're sitting in a sauna and you've got somebody there who loves to keep pouring water on the rocks. Yes. And it's just, you sit there and go, I can't handle this. And then you just surrender. And it's like, I can't handle it. And they keep putting more on. And I think that's that's that experience of being able to sort of be all in, that that radical aspect of, of, of connection and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, which is amazing. But I, I love harmonic leadership. As I was saying, right, I don't write a lot of notes but I wrote harmonic leadership because the, the, the language that you use is very deliberate and very considered as far as that. This is what I see when I hear you talk. Um, and especially I was listening, I mentioned to you, I was listening to the intimate conversations podcast that you did about a year ago. Um, I think it was about a year ago. It says on YouTube about a year ago. And, and the language that you were using in that was just really quite, there was a real knowing that sat behind it, actually a a real wisdom that sort of sat behind it. And I think some of the things that you were bringing up within that were really looking at the definition of things like um, the archetypes, Um, the dark feminine, which is a fascinating one. And it's, and it's funny, I I have my language for that. And as I start to understand, I was standing to understand your language to dig into it. There was an incredible sort of synchronicity and serendipity that I actually saw with it as well. But uh, yeah, so which is, which is amazing. But a um, bit of background, James, uh, mate, army, roadside bombs, stepping into um, ownership of, of, of your traumas, uh, healing from those, and, and that's not your foundation is the trauma. You, you talk from the wholeness of who you are. Yeah, so, yeah, could you run me through a little bit of a, a sojourn, right? A sojourn. <laughs> um, yeah, well, where, to, where to start? Like, I grew up um, really loving family, Central Victorian farm, uh, sheep and cattle farm, right next to the Pakapanyal military training area. So after uh, boarding school, joined the military, 17 years an army officer, uh, led my combat team, over 100 soldiers, into Iraq in 2006 and seven. An amazing uh, experience into understanding why we do things um archetypally the military for me is the penultimate in taking a stand to defend those i love protect those i love um with a extreme standard um an extreme standard of demand of self so um and that's that's realistically comes into the warrior archetype but in the military i was a hero not a warrior um i had a need for external recognition um and uh tending towards immediate gratification as well. Um, I had subconscious programs running like, um, 
I didn't know if I was enough. In the lead up to deployment of Iraq, we were training for 10 months. Like I built my combat team um, over a 10 month period. We did some incredible training, training that guys have never done in their military career because I demanded that of them. Um, I demanded that we dissect exactly what we had to do down to the nth degree and then we build that up and train that way. Um, the standard was there. Uh, if you didn't meet the standard, you had a chance. I was never one to execute. Um, but if you uh, destroyed my trust, then you know, I just said, hey, dude, um, this is about you, not about me. I had one guy who tested um, uh, positive to a drug test and I got my squadron sergeant major to bring him in and just sit him there. And I said, listen, I'm going to have a conversation with the wall right now. Um, but if a guy who I gave like um, best soldier award last year happened to test positive to drugs and was to come up to me and say, sir, I've really stuffed up, then I'd look him in the eye and say, what's your plan to rectify being the, the stuff up? And if he was to give me a plan, I'd back him to the hilt. Mm-hmm. But if a guy was to deny it, even though the evidence is true uh, or evidence is there, then he's gone and I'll have no hesitation in culling him from the crew because we'll not have that cancer. And I said, what are you doing in my room? See you later. Uh, he never came back in, and so he went. So um, yeah, it's that was the that's how I I treated my soldiers. They were like, you were part of the fraternity until you did something which, and you can't trust that on the battlefield. Although unfortunately, the military is riddled with a lot of drugs at the moment, simply because of emotional literacy, because of addiction, etc. That's that's a different story. Mm. I had an amazing time in the military. Yeah, hit by a roadside bomb and. Um, saw, saw a bit of action and stuff like that, but learned so much about myself that caused me to collapse inside. Um, also caused me to own why I was in the military because they were telling me to do one thing, but they were espousing certain values. And so there was a values incongruence for me. Um, and I had to own that. I had to ask myself, who's that about them or me? Um, and so I got out, uh, I chose to get out just at the height of the global financial crisis in 08. Mm. Uh, but I realized really quickly that the military was a safety net above me. It was holding me down. Um, it was the paycheck. I was just, I was just about to be promoted Lieutenant Colonel. I'd done exceedingly well in my promotion course. They'd set up the next five years of my life if I kept doing what they said. Mm. Um, and that's what I was really good at. I was great at doing what they said. Um, and, but you know, and there was a pay rise included in that. So uh, when I got out, though, someone turned to me and said, you got paid what for what you did? They couldn't understand it. Um, and I realized that, you know, that that safety net was here. It wasn't supporting me accelerate to who I really was. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to just turn to you, Don, and fix Running the aircon. Crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm up in Mullumbimby and, uh, and yeah. Well, the, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Yui, mate, and we've got. 30 odd degrees we're, we're moving towards 40 so i'm, I'm glistening as well mate it's, it's all good um but now i can actually hear you because like the cicadas are crazy they're beautiful around here and i love them out bush but talking sometimes is not a good option around <laughs> um so yeah that was uh that was massive with the the military and stuff like that um to to separate and go back to your point like um stepping out into the great unknown and then just going through that, well, what do I offer? You know, who am I outside the military? You know, I'm not Major 3805476 James Malcolm Greenshields, which is, which is, um, you know, if I'm the military, if, if, if I am the military, if I'm the uniform and the rank and everything like that, there's my identity. 
Mm. And no one had taught me in all my scholastic uh, endeavors um, and all, you know, got university degrees, et cetera. No one had ever taught me who I am and what my true identity was. My father was an Anglican priest, an amazing individual, taught me so much. Uh, and yet he left that lesson up to me to learn, which was uh, in all necessity, I think, a wise move because I fought against him a lot. Why? Because I was trying to prove myself to him and, and get his love. Um, and he had post-traumatic stress from Vietnam. He was, a, he was his own um, veteran and, you know, he realistically gave me the gauntlet um, my name is Green Shields, and I've owned it. That um, we are the protectors of the Emerald Flame, and my my tribe has lost its identity, its its purpose. Mm. Um, and my father handed me the gauntlet because he did his best to take it back to the true essence of what it was. But he he couldn't get over post traumatic stress, mm. and so the gauntlet was: you need to go away, earn your own stripes, come back, pick this thing up, and demonstrate to the world that you can heal. And the healing starts with the emerald flame, the heart. Mm. Um, so that's, that was massive when I, when I got that. Um, Dad offered me the farm at 10. It was 2,000 acres to be offered 2,000 acre enterprise at the age of 10. This is probably a pretty big, big deal. But <laughs> he, yeah. he, he knew also I wasn't really going to come back. Um, and he had a second massive depression and trauma relapse. So he needed, his health wasn't great. We needed to move on from there. But. Constantly, you know, my life has been about um, stepping out, understanding my own identity and knowing that my, I do have a place on this planet. Mm -hmm. And lots of, lots of people don't make that big leap because of fear, simple. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the key aspects that's fueling that fear is a lack of understanding their own identity um, and not really understanding their purpose on the planet, their big why. And mm -hmm. so... They can't be necessarily energized. That energy comes from the culture, the framework that their organization may provide for them. Amazing, mate. Thank you. I, I got this so much within that. I an insight that sort of dropped for me was um and it was when I got to the point and I attempted suicide. And yeah, so there was two attempts and um and I'm really grateful that I was not successful with that. But what I'm also grateful is that I actually experienced that. And because it, and it's not the scar I speak from. It's not who I am. It's not my identity now. But it's an, it was a it was a cracking point for me. But what I started to see was who am I? Mm. And what then ensured for me was the understanding that I was working from a personality that was created for me, but not by me. And that insight was quite profound. And it, it, it's one of the things that you said I, I thought was, was amazing because I think a lot of people are trying to understand who they are from an external personality looking out that way mm. rather than from starting to really step into that, that space and actually start to look at who you are mm. and, and, th and that, that ability to turn and, and the beautiful I used to think with life that it was we come into this world with preordained um, experiences. Uh, yeah, this is an earth school was it was a terminology. But what I'm starting to see is that it's wiser than that. <laughs> we, we come into this with with a free will, with a, with an experience. But there is a 
a pull. There is a magnetic drawing towards the innate of who you really are. Mm-hmm. And the you can either learn from pain and suffering or you can step into that innate, which is a different way. It's like the tea tree. You and I have got a background in that biblical space as well. But you got the two trees in the garden, knowledge of good and evil, or you can eat from the tree of life. And the tree of life is that innate space. Or you can look by the to- by the sweat of your brow, you're told the soil <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. So that's that real sort of um uh struggle street. And mm. but it's within that there's a beautiful there's a beautiful design that mm. that draws it invites you to to step into that innate. Mm. Um I think the vast majority of us who are really uh owning our ship, owning who we are, have uh can feel that pull. Mm. Um and you get to a point when that uh, somebody said beautifully, uh, I chatted to you yesterday, when the veil drops. There's no turning back, <laughs> it's, uh, and it's and, and that's lovely, and it's hard mm. until you realise there is a real surrender within that. But mate, yeah, wow, God, we can go so different places with that. But I think, um, I think the thing that I would love to tap into because there's a lot of talk. I when I've chatted to people and I've read things, there's a lot of like. Um, this is where you need to get to, but the how to get there is a is a bit of a struggle. <laughs> and and I think I think what what this seems to be initially, it's a bit like when people first go into a church environment or even into a, a men's group. There's a paint by numbers approach, and it's almost like a a spiritual ego, not being derogatory, but you actually are trying to you, the the mind that got you into the shit is trying to get you out of it. <laughs> And and there there is that sort of mimicry. We see this with our kids, uh, both blessed with with amazing kids, and and you see that with your kids that, and especially I'm as I was saying, I'm a grandparent of six kids, and and you see the mimicry that they do. There is a paint by numbers approach, and that's healthy. There's a healthiness to that, mm. and I see this as well as if we haven't had that connection with that innate, or that hasn't been mediated or that more so and i love your terminology about the masculine is about holding space Mm. if if that space hasn't been held and we we continue on from that extrinsic identity that was initiated because of birth Mm. that's an extrinsic identity and we continue on we get into adulthood you're starting to find that you're going to need to go through that spiritual ego of patterning of paint by numbers approach (laughs) following a recipe to a degree but there has to be a recognition that you've got to let those go and so that's probably some of the stuff that i'm sort of recognizing yeah some of the um some of the things that come up for me then is uh, firstly about pain by numbers remember um the 12-step process uh that alcoholics anonymous um yeah. well bill who was the founder of alcoholics anonymous got asked to leave if you remember the history of the organization <laughs> and because he put up he, he put up a um a objection to the uh standardizing or the 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 deep categorizing of the 12 steps uh and he said you need fluidity to it you need the you need a framework but at the same time you need fluidity i've never run in 14 years i've never run a workshop the same i've just uh amazing community leadership workshop up at canungra um some beautiful beautiful people there from all walks of life all around australia 
And like I ran uh, supposedly the same workshop down and just out of Canberra and Queanbeyan um, about a month ago. Uh, another amazing group of people from around Australia. But in essence, um, it's it was a different workshop. And it mm. has to be because people are in different places. So, you know, one of the points that I make to a lot of people is, yeah, have a framework, but the framework provides the ability to be fluid. Um, and, you know, it's I'm, I'm overlooking the Bruns River next out of Mullumbimby and, and the riverbank holds the space for the water to flow, mm. uh, but it doesn't enter the flow of the water. It allows the water to flow as it does. Um, and you've got a really beautiful dancing dynamic of, of nature just demonstrating that. The mm. alchemists say all answers are actually nature just watch. The other thing that came to me when you were saying about mimicry was, um, like my daughters have homeschooled by request since, um, I think that was, that was seven and five, um, and <laughs> threw me in the deep end. Cause like I had <laughs> a lot planned for the next year out, and then, uh, and then I've gone, oh, bugger, like I wasn't planning that one. And then I realized, come back to values, um, what I was I was put in the hot seat by my daughters because I firmly believed one of my values was um, creating the educative environment that best suits my daughters. That was one of my highest values at the time. It still is. Um, but the thing about it was they then asked me to step up to that whole next level, which was become intimately involved. Now, I'd go into school um, and spend a couple of days in there. You know, I was quite active um, in the school environment, et cetera. Um, but I hadn't thought of becoming the said principal. Um, I think that that wouldn't be the title anyway. They were really the principals of the school and, and I just assisted them because that's initially, you know, I, I came up with this framework. I did research into the educative system, how it started, blah, 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 blah. Um, read Ken Robinson, which is great. But, um, so I've gone with this plan, you know, and this is, we'll get into Vedic maths. We'll get into all these different uh, constructs so that they get this broad education and, well, that started for about a month and then I found out they didn't want to learn like that. And I've gone, mm -hmm. oh, so I had to take a step back and go, well, how do they want to learn? And, you know, Penelope's an opportune learner. So we're driving down from Tweed Heads and she looks over and there's Wollumbin, Mount Warning. And uh, she goes, Dad, how's the volcanoes formed? And it's like the next day we're into the Wollumbin Information Centre, then onto the library, then onto the craft shop. And, you know, we're building volcanoes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Abby, different. Like Abby's project-based learning and she like, okay, can we create this? And so how do you build a cubby house? The mathematics behind a cubby house and blah, 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 volume and, and angles and stuff. So, and when I worked out really quickly, education for Abby was about connecting to me. Mm. And so it was less about what we were learning than the time, the quality time um, here. Well, Penelope was slightly different. She was going through other programming, which, you know, Kirsten and I had given them the, the need for external equivalent equivalency um and saying you know i'm not enough and so she's she's gone through that whole journey of sculpting that but mm. come to the point of the story abs has an experience on new year which involved a significant amount of alcohol doing pretty much a mirrored experience of me at that age however sits me down like uh when i catch up with her afterwards and she mapped out the entire subconscious reason why she did exactly what she did and I'm sitting there, my jaws on the table going, oh my God, you are 18. And I know that, you know, she's been to so many of my workshops. She's picked up so much just um, by osmosis, just by the way we live. 
but she didn't have to enact that. She didn't have to embody that. And she's chosen to, and she's now crafting her own story, which involves a whole heap of different stuff. Um, some, you know, would be frowned upon. Well, I, I've learned not to frown upon anything now. Mm. I've to be inquisitive, to engage, to go back to the point about hold space with love and, and know that, cool, I'm not going to enable your behavior, which is taking you away from who you, who you say you are and the direction you want to go. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to crucify you for it. Mm. Uh, but, and I will be there when you fall over and you are lying on the ground with a lot of gravel rash and I'll put my hand down and say, uh, do you want a hand up? <laughs> and you can either take my hand or you can say, no, you've got it on your own, whatever you want to do. But um, I'll be there. I'll guarantee that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the being there is actually coming to the appearance of not being there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not getting her out of trouble, not actually giving her that hand up. No, you can get yourself up. Mm. And that's been a really big revelation for someone who's been so hands-on in his life, thinking that, you know, my love has to be demonstrated. I have to do, go back to the old bloke way of thinking, which is I have to fix stuff, which, you know, doesn't work well for a relationship with a female, <laughs> if we haven't worked that out yet, you know. So, so, yeah. Lesson number one, work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> work that one out. I love your mug, by the way, the eagle. Oh, the wedgie. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love my wedgie. <laughs> yeah, it's a powerful, very powerful. Um, actually, I think you made reference to it in the uh, podcast I listened to as well. So it's my go-to one when I come in here. I, I sit through that. Uh, the significance of that, certainly with the Indigenous, is uh, is quite profound. Yeah. Mm, which is great. It's, it's, I... One of the one of the words I, I remember chatting prior to record that I sort of sat very strong with was the concept of sovereignty mm. and really understanding what sovereignty is. And then not only sort of from an, an intellectual perspective, but the embodying of sovereignty. Mm. And there are a lot of things that sort of underpin that trust, truth, um, radical accountability uh, in yourself. Um, mm. A radical, I love the term radical because it's like, yeah, mate, you're in. <laughs> I might have stolen that from you, by the way, Joe. So <laughs> actually, I, was, I think it was Tara, Tara Brock who actually uh, talks about radical acceptance. Um, I think it was one of her her terms. And so there's a there is that real space of sovereignty. And and I, I I've interviewed a guy, and I'll, I'll post him in a in a couple of weeks. A guy called Peter Andrews who is um he's 80 odd years of age and he's done natural sequence farming amazing guy the wisdom that sits in that that bloke old farmer i was brought up on a farm as well mate so i can speak cocky and uh yeah so you know being able to sort of chat with him and and really understand his space and he told a story about weeds mm. and the importance of weeds and in, in the recovery of land and he pulled, I was watching him in a video um, and we sort of talked a little bit about that, but it, in this video I watched him pull this thistle or equivalent out of the ground and you would see you would see the root structure of the thistle as this big, almost like a taproot. Mm -hmm. And then where the ground level is and just below that for about two or three centimetres, there was no root system. The root mm -hmm. system sat lower than that. And that two to three centimetre root system was, the idea behind it was to draw from deep down, bring it up to that 
that intermittent layer, that layer that just that kisses the 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 air, mm-hmm. and that allows for the the pasture to then form. And so those those plants, those grasses that would feed the 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 larger animals are able to then access the nutrients that sat deep within. And it was a beautiful thing because the thistles, the, if you looked at the thistle, it basically, it's, um, it's you don't want to go near a thistle. Uh, you certainly don't want to give it a cuddle. And so when you look at it with people, I think a lot of the times what we find is, is that people, there are times these, they, they look prickly as hell. And part of it is, and what I saw with that, it's like, Give me space, I'm healing. Mm. And we're so quick to come in there and pull the thistles in people to, to make their pasture look good. <laughs> and then a lot of the men's groups that I've actually seen is all about, so this is where we see the the, the paint-by-numbers approach, and I love that the, um, what was the gentleman's name who kicked off the 12-step program? Bill. Bill. That's uh, yeah. So Bill, I love what Bill said is the significance of 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 growth beyond that. Because what we're seeing is is that if we hold space for somebody and they actually start to recognise the healing of their who they are and recognise the significance of the taproot uh, weeds and and begin to actually work with those and let them have have that expression and then to be able to be released, you'll actually find that once the, the soil heals, you don't need to have those weeds anymore. You don't need to go back into trauma anymore to be able to grow in, in, in who you are. And I think that, that was such a beautiful sort of image that, that this 84-year-old farmer, just the, the wisdom of he was talking from healing the earth, and I'm sitting there just going, the, and, and to your point about nature teaches us so much. The alchemy, the wisdom of, of, of alchemy sits within nature, and that showed me the significance of that. And it also taught me an awareness of how to hold space. Mm. You know, um, have your experience, like you were saying, all right, you've got gravel rash. Do you want me to help you up or are you good? Mm. <laughs> or sometimes actually... I'll let you get yourself up. You look like you're, you're still breathing. You're all good, <laughs> and you can get into it. But oh, gorgeous, mate! I absolutely loved it. But yeah, that that sort of really came through to me as a real wisdom of of nature, which is which one of the reasons why harmonic leadership came to me. I mean, a couple of things that I I see a need for a death in in the moment is um, firstly the death of the sustainability culture. Um, mm. Sustainable nature doesn't sustain itself; it thrives. <laughs> it's it's harmonic. Everything's for a reason, and Peter will tell you that. I mean. I believe it was um, written about in The Call of the Rewarbler by Charles Massey, which is... Yes, he uh, was. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, as you say, the knowledge of these elders, and I've, I, at the moment, because of, of what I've been doing, helping communities build themselves, is, um, you know, I'm finding all these older gentlemen and ask, what are they doing? And, and they're saying, I'm getting ready to pass on. And I said, no, no, stop. Right there. You are in the most pivotal part of your life. You've experienced the world like no one else has. You've gained all this knowledge right now. You need to stop focusing on passing on and you need to focus on passing on the knowledge to us. Mm-hmm. So your legacy is, is actually um, embedded in the human consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's really fascinating because if you, if you look at the old people, uh, there's a massive difference between an elder and an old person. Yes. Um, <laughs> But if you look at old people, they've lost their purpose in life. In 2009, when I remember the statistic, 
the average time that an Australian male would have alive between retirement and death was 1.24 years. Yeah, astounding. But if you think about it, it makes so much sense. The masculine aspect of us is all about setting direction as purpose, which is why it's energized. Mm. Whereas the active, whereas the feminine is the passive, receiving, etc. So and creating. So uh, if a if a man loses his purpose, he'll fall into depression straight away. Mm. And so often we get traumatized. Remember, most depression actually has an underlying trauma below it, which just if it hasn't been identified, the depression will never never actually heal. So um the the point there is that uh, go back to what you said right at the start about um words mm. i believe trauma needs to die as well so mm. sustainability we need to shift to harmonic like harmony understanding harmonics everything has its set rhythm frequency amplitude um and then you get the overtone and then you get the symphony and there's a suite of different instruments all playing not off the same sheet of music it's at, they're actually tuned to the right frequency, different playing different notes so that they have their own tone, their own mm. own notes that actually form that incredible symphony. And it was Bach who actually showed us that that there's a place also for a disharmonic in a symphony. And that's the disruptor. It's the mm. it's the it's the like the rebel is the immature archetype of the disruptor. Um, and the disruptor is the person who sees it and goes, hmm, come on, let's and throws that question out just opens the question for people to, to have a look at the paradigm in which they currently have. Go back to what you're trying to do in your old job, you know, yeah. open that conversation and then possibly realize, well, it's not opening. So therefore I've got to find a different method. So, you know, and what you're doing here now, like with the, with the, that whole point about this is nutrition of the soul, these conversations. So that's, that for me is harmony, but come back to this point about trauma that you're alluding to from the wound. Like, if we let go of the of the word trauma, and because everyone's been traumatized, in my mm. humble opinion, yeah, sure, I was hit by a roadside bomb, um, comp, uh, sorry, post traumatic stress, depression, went suicidal. Cool. I can put all that aside and just go right. If I if I re look at that, it wasn't the roadside bomb. The mm. roadside bomb was the wake up call. So it was the explosion, the kick in the ball sack, to go, mm. James, you are going charging down that road, and. The universe needs such a big slap to get you to wake up to what your priorities in life are. Mm. And that was the big lesson from Iraq was have a look at your priorities, have a look why you are truly on the planet. At the moment, you are utilizing your skill set in a way in which is going to be capstoned by a structure or a culture, which is not actually going to be of complete benefit to the world where you could be. So get out of that open up, really own yourself as a warrior, as a leader and all those archetypes and then bring it to the world in a way in which you could never do in the military and you will help people in the military heal. You will help everyone outside the military heal. You, will, you won't just be locked in. So trust yourself, trust me mm. in my divine connection. So massive like shift. So in, in essence, I then go, right, why then do I go down into the wound? Well, go back to the thistle analogy. A milk thistle, if you if you get a stinging nettle in the grass, have a look for a milk thistle or a, um, starts with C up here, big flower, big, big leaf. Can't remember. It's not uh, something else. Yeah. But um, it, you cut the sap, you put it on the, the, um, the sting, it goes away. Mm. Because as Peter will tell you, like the medicine is right next to each other. The, mm -hmm. So the, the medicine in, in, of the wound is in the actual wound. So therefore, you know, you've got to go and sit in the wound. So 
basically if we if we stop going i'm traumatized and say i'm in a massive period of shifting right now that has had to cause a collapse to occur which trauma is trauma is the collapse of the framework that i currently understand life from and it can happen in a nanosecond at a roadside bomb it can happen in like seven years of workplace harassment they are psychologically and emotionally the same thing sets in Mm. Um, and spiritually interesting now someone asked me today post-traumatic stress what percentage of it is a moral wound and he looked really weirdly at me when i said 100 percent. and he's mm. going what 100 percent? yeah i said that's why we've got such bad recovery rates of post-traumatic stress because the moral wound's not been addressed so which is a spiritual thing mm. um particularly so if we then go right i've been hit by the bomb but why did that why was that wake-up call necessary because i have to look at the fact I'm taking troops outside the wire constantly, that is, and, um, and uh, my daughter sent me a TikTok uh, yesterday, which is the prime minister saying we need to do an investigation into why we actually went to Iraq. We fig- had to figure that over there because we were being batted around and we weren't, allowing, we weren't allowed to do what we were told we were meant to do. So we were exceedingly confused. And so we had to put the pieces together over there. So mm. I didn't wake up in the last couple of years. I woke up back and like actually after Iraq. But my wake up sent me down because trust went down. Everything I had, my framework of life, uh, like I couldn't trust anymore. Mm. And so if I couldn't trust all these things, people, institutions, which had been put up by society and held at such a high regard, then who could I trust? Mm. And that was this birthing place of, James, you need to cultivate self-trust. You need to cultivate an understanding of who you really are. So instead of trauma, we should be looking at birth. We should mm. be saying, yeah, this is, this is a, a death and a, a rebirth into something more magnificent when meaning the, the book that I read at the time when I was in really dark place, uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Mm. And it says suffering ceases to be suffering when meaning is found. So mm. trauma can actually be um, uh, otherwise referred to not only as a birth, but as an exploration of meaning or an upgrade of my life's meaning. Mm. If I choose, because the First Nation people of the world will often say, like, they don't see adverse mental conditions. They see a spiritual awakening waiting to happen. Mm. Such a beautiful encapsulation. Mate, (laughs) I love the synchronicities in life, the serendipity that actually goes on. Friday, I'm chatting to a lady who was a midwife, a home birth midwife, who's now moved into healing birth trauma. Wow. That's yeah, big, big, and and so this sits in in the space that I'm really looking at. Um, both my kids are born at home, and and my mum was a uh, my late mum was a home birth midwife. Tattoo was actually superwoman, um, so she passed away about 13 years ago. And it's fascinating that because I think what we start what I'm starting to see or starting to understand more is this understanding of actually creating wombs. The holding of a space is a womb. Yes. And within that womb, there are aspects of it. We've got a placenta. We've got a, we've got a, a, the ability to have a, somebody else's energy come in as in the form of blood, be converted in that placenta and come out as another source. And so the, the wisdom of holding space without actually trying to put your, your blood into that person, your, your energy into that person. And actually, just trusting that that placenta will actually then move it forward. So, 
for those people that haven't really got into that sort of space, understanding birth and placentas and all that sort of stuff, there's a real significance in in the the power of what that placenta actually offers. And so I think what we're actually finding more and more, and and I, the the thing that sort of really stepped in it, into it for me, I had a really big understanding of working with kids who had um, a continuation of the primal reflex patterns. And this is what I was doing before the pharmaceutical industry. That was probably the thing that really, I was very passionate about it until um, for whatever reason, well, actually I know what reason, I own that shit. Uh, I stepped into that because I wanted money mm-hmm. and I wanted safety and nice. that side of things. And so, but what was fascinating about it was, is understanding the significance of actually holding that energetics, that, that, nervous system space into that nervous system of the child comes on board Mm. and that goes on through to nearly about seven years of age because we know there's a bit of bit of stuff around um that between these ages of zero to seven i think it's from conception to seven to be honest that um your base patterns are set either energetically in the womb or certainly within that that space it's going to be energetic anyway but but what are you starting to see if they're if by the age of seven? And I remember when I was walking up the hill, and because I was living in the Dandenongs when I was in the younger, and I remember walking up a hill at the age of seven, and I had this profound thought: How do we know this isn't a dream, and one day we'll wake up from it? Mm-hmm. The age of seven, I still remember. I still remember where I was standing, and what reinforced it was when I asked my father. It was his oracle of knowledge, a lot of knowledge, and maybe not a lot of wisdom, but a lot of knowledge. Um, I don't mean to be derogatory for, to him, but yeah, he he was on his own. He's on his own journey. But what we he said, I don't know, and I went, my dad doesn't know. <laughs> you know? So that really cemented it to me that it was actually this was just a, a an original thought mm. that no one had taught me. No, I hadn't had any precluding conversation that I can recall that would have brought it to the foray. But that actually showed me that that switch point of the innate. Mm. And so if the child isn't actually introduced. It's not just a cut-off point, and we're missing, and, and you certainly be testament to this as well, we're missing those significant um, initiation points. Um, for me, the last four years was one of the, one of the best opportunities for initiation mm-hmm. in that you actually got to know what your greatest value was. Mm-hmm. And whatever you chose, there, it was exposed uh, mm-hmm. for you, which is great. What a gift. What a gift, because everything can be healed. I, I work from that space. I, I really see that 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 everything can be healed. But the thing is, is that the gift of actually being able to have this bespoke um, invitation to initiate into the innate was really very strong over the last four years. It's it's always there anyway, but it just it was very much front of mind that that I started seeing. In the last four years, what do you reckon your big lesson was for you? The last four years. The biggest lesson was was how much I didn't trust myself. Mm. Um, as you were talking about trust, that that was just sort of hitting home to me. I'm going that word is really resonating with me. The, certainly, beyond that was there is a knowing there is an there's an excitement. There's a, like a real excitement of of discovery. Mm. Like I, I'm I'm on this incredible adventure of discovery that I I. I'm 53 now, James, and I don't really give a sh- stuff about age. <laughs> really, I don't really care. But what I'm feeling is that that there is this real sort of um, embrace of of discovery and excitement around that. Um, 
I find I'm, I'm probably a little bit intense at times with people because it's like, can we stop talking shit and let's just get into the meat? Because yeah. I, the shit needs to be done, you know, we need to really get into this. And so, th- yeah, the last few years was 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 trust. And um, like I said to you uh, before we started, it was a pharmaceutical industry for 20 years, working for one of the big jab companies, um, refused to go down that avenue. I had to be okay with the worst case scenario, which was not getting the job, by the way. That was that was a definitive no. The worst case scenario was losing everything. Mm. And I and that's not just money, that's also relationships. Uh, it was very quickly that was put to bed very quickly when my wife just goes, No, nah, that'll never happen. And 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 we have such a gorgeous relationship that's just like I'm in awe of of her as a sovereign being. And 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 our dance together in life, but yeah, it was a bit of a roundabout way of answering your question. But yeah, but but trust seems to be the thing. It was actually just trusting, and the trust of that that innate, um, and then the definition of what God is, what is source, what is what is this 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 essence, this 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 beautiful, and as a chiropractor say, the the um, the essence or energy that created the body heals the body. Well, if it's still if it heals the body, it's still there. Mm-hmm. And can I tap into that wisdom? And in actual fact, I am that wisdom. Mm-hmm. So then, how do I bring it through from the if we talk quantum from the wave into a particle form? How do I move that through there without without being stuck? <laughs> you know, in that mind sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like you say that because. Um... A couple of years ago, I knew I needed to go bush again. So I went seven days on my own without food and a um, beautiful spot up on the Kunyam Range. And it was, it was a really fascinating. Um, I, didn't, I couldn't get to where I, I wanted to go in my head, but I found this little track that you couldn't really see. I only saw it because I parked next to it, parks next, parked next to it, going, right, what do I do? Recalibrate. There's, the, there's a path. I followed it down. There was this little talk of wombs. There was this little grove and it looked exactly like the vaginal canal and then the womb yeah. and accidentally um there was a beautiful golden orb spider had a massive web and i clipped it on the way i managed to grab it and tie it off so she didn't lose the whole web and i apologize to her again went in setup but day three and funnily enough when i it took me an hour to set up camp within uh an hour afterwards she closed off the womb and so i was sealed for seven days and it was the feminine just really really helped me yeah. but um one of the things it was, I don't know, sometime at night because I didn't have my watch on or anything. And I woke up and I went, huh, the only difference between me and everything around me is that I'm the only one who thinks I'm separate. Wow. So yeah. The next, next day I just got my journal out and I said, I don't see trees. And I just wrote, I don't see trees. And I just wrote. And I just kept going and going and going and going. But come back to the beautiful, um, beautiful articulation of you know your lessons for the last four years. Like I, I really see is um, remember an initiation has training beforehand. Mm. That's what a lot of people forget. Like indigenous people weren't just sent off and on their own at the age of twelve. They were trained for twelve years in altered states of consciousness in the, in basically quantum physics at eighty thousand years old, especially on this land mm. by these incredible people. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there's a severance there. The, the beauty of our, our folk here, our custodians at this place is that their severance is only a couple of generations where say my severance from my, um, traditions back on the, on the, on the British Isles 
is generational. So I'm having to do a lot of work to come back to where I am, whereas some of them are doing the work and that's it's quite quick for them because it's still very much in their blood. Um, but the the point of that, the story is to come back to this point of, of knowing. Mm. And, um, you know, the last four years, I'd suggest probably my lesson has actually been knowing as well because Kirsten and I have gone through a major upgrade numerous times throughout that. You know, I, for myself, stood on the door going, um, I want to leave. Um, I'm not, this relationship is no longer serving me. And I'll walk out the door and I ask my heart, where am I meant to go, forward or backwards? And every time it said backwards. Sometimes I said, can I have a second opinion, please? <laughs> I didn't get one. It's like, shut up, get back in the house. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's taken Kirsten and I now to this place where, you know, I, and I listened to her for so long going, you need to catch up to me. And she came into the military to get me out of the military. Basically, why she joined the military? To find my soul, to, to help me extract. And then she didn't say he almost died. She said he survived when I got hit by the bomb. She was the only person who had that language, that lexicon, which is golf apart you know it's the grand canyon apart and uh, she stood by me um you know through my journey home i call it but then we reached this point and i realized you know i was unsatisfied because i've got this deep deep thirst and i wanted to go into the darkness the darkness is not evil and I, I just wanted to go into the darkness i wanted to find everything every aspect of me i wanted to own the light and the dark of me um, the honor and the dishonor. I wanted to own everything so I could completely encapsulate my spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that sent us on a, a very big trajectory of tumultuous, you know, relationship and everything like that. But every single time, and we had multiple deaths, like many, many deaths of our relationship. And it needed to because it, because the, the paradigm of the relationship was, was, was out, been outgrown so quickly. Cause we were, I, I actually said to her three years ago, I said, I want to understand the dark feminine. And so this beautiful woman came into my life who became my spiritual growth partner in meditation, et cetera. And like, she helped me access these, these realms in which I'd never accessed before. And it, it really lit me up and educated me so much, but that caused tumultuousness in our, in our relationship. And so, you know, it, without the constant um, cycle of uh, allowing things to die, we mm. couldn't be born again. And, and each time I was being questioned, I was being judged by those I love the most. And it was on my birthday a year or so ago when I sat there and I, I, I could feel like it was to be Christ, to be judged by those, his people, mm. the, those closest to him, to, and in essence, to be betrayed by those closest to him and to have this deep sense that I am actually true in my path. Uh, and yep, I might look like Satan to, to some people, but that's actually not me. That's their fabrication projection of me. And I need to be seen like that for them. And I and just keep coming back to being the center of my universe, not the center of the universe and just making sure that my standards were impeccable and sure that I slip every now and then. Of course I did, but identify that, rectify that, see the wound and, and come back on, on point. And on my birthday, I turned to Kirsty and I said, listen, God, I do not mind if you don't want to be with me. I today only want to be with people who really want to be with me. And I really want to be with myself. So if you want to be with me, epic. If you don't, I'll drop you at home. Uh, no issue. I love you no less. Mm. 
and and like this that's the thing that cursed i came we love so, each other so intently we're so willing to let each other go but at the moment you know it it's just caused this incredible um ascent in in our relationship because i stopped deferring to her knowledge mm. and and i started growing a set of balls and going this is where i'm going i do not mind if you do not come but this i must do yeah, I have to do it on my own. That is that is the divine decree. Mm. But I must do it. Mm. And the funny thing is, as soon as I s- step up like this, cheapest creepers, the love from her just accelerated. Like she's just going. Finally, you you're being this person that I've always seen. That you know I can I can soften into because of of course she's got such a powerful masculine in her she had to her father left at the age of 11 she became you know the house uh, the oldest of three kids she became the 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 framework of the house the one that we relied upon she became mm. a dog for her time her masculine became really really strong she joined the bloody military um so like the thing is I, I don't want a masculine woman i want a woman who's a goddess who will surrender into and soften into me but surrender in a way where she doesn't lose herself because she doesn't lose herself because she knows herself so deeply, mm. but she feels that this deep knowing that our connection is there and she softens into me. And that's where this love, this power, this unity, mm. this binding happens. But unless I got off my ass, grew a set of balls and said, I know, I know what I'm doing. Yep. I see the disruption that it's causing in your life. I do that with complete consciousness and I, and I do not stand down from doing that. Yeah? I understand that it's causing you are, you are actually, you know, going through pain right now. That's, that's for you. And mm. I will love you. I will be there, but I'm not changing this path. Mm. And that's, that's this massive, um, massive knowing that's, that's really had to, to grow from within. And mm. like, I can, I can have anyone go me nowadays and this, this and I've proved it lately. Um, <laughs> And this masculine just comes up inside me and he just says, dude, you got this. Don't worry about it. And it allows me to see through the emotional wound, the cloud that that's distorting the relationship, see through it to the heart of that, uh, that person that's actually coming at me. Mm. And for, there's no issue because the hearts have no issue. It's the distortion that's been created by the veil, the veil of Isis, Maya, if you want to mm. call it what you want. You know, that's that's the the cloud that's distorting the relationship. And now that knowing, that deep inner knowing, allows me to penetrate that to see the heart. Wow, freaking unreal, mate! I love this. I love this. This is the this is the wisdom that 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 is coming through. This is where we're seeing. For me, it's this age of the magician uh, aspect of of us who we are, and. Um, and you made a really good point in a, in a previous podcast where you sort of challenged, not challenged, but you sort of identified, we see a lot of the men's groups as hooking back into the tribal. It's a, it's a very, it's a very basic uh, step into the, the archetypes, stepping into that warrior space. But then you talked about the lover. And if you haven't actually um, got an understanding of the lover component of yourself, and then the king is is that sovereignty. So that was the, that was the archetype that I really stepped into was the king, mm. and the king with that one there is the, all aspects of the king. Um, but the 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 the, the, 
the service for myself. And again, you've got to start um, with that 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 self. Um, everything else, if it's if you haven't got that foundation, everything else is 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 an act. Um, there's no there's no depth to it. it. It won't stand up in a storm. And I and so now I'm actually moving into this magician side of things, which is fascinating because I've I've had a couple of I've I've stepped I've stepped into some plant medicine journeys as well, uh, which is great. So psilocybin and ayahuasca, and um, and that's been really interesting to sort of open up um, a greater understanding. There's been deaths within that. Uh, generational trauma. I, I really love what you were saying. I'm, I, I I could see the generational trauma lineage that um, actually the lady I chatted to yesterday, gorgeous soul from New Zealand. Um, actually, I might even flick you that. I'll flick you the recording of it before it launches the podcast, man, so you can have a listen to it because she's a really amazing woman and just the language that's sort of coming out. But uh, but what was really amazing about it is is really starting to understand this the the alchemical space, the alchemy space that we, we, we're sort of sitting in at the moment. And that philosopher's stone, which mm. is that philosopher's stone, is really interesting. And you were talking about that green shield. For me, it was the tur- turquoise heart of a dragon. Right. Um, was was and it's interesting because my name Duncan actually means brown chief or or, or brown warrior. Is that right? Mm. Wow. And my father was called Duncan, and my grandfather was called Duncan. And uh, but it's 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 one that it's it's it was only probably the other day I just I sat with the significance of that. Actually, I think it was probably prompted when you were talking about the king side of thing. I went, that's my name, is a brown chief. Mm. I'm, I'm a bit tan, mate. I'm probably not as white as you. I think you've heard about the Byron Bay Lighthouse with you. But, uh, but yeah, but it, it's that's that, it, yeah, it's a fascinating space. And so I'm owning that. I'm owning the, the, the significance of that name and, and what it means to me. Yeah. yeah so it's a... It's 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 a fascinating one, but I what I love. How are we going for time, James? You're right to keep. Oh, we're only up. Oh, we're up to an hour, mate. You you're right to keep chatting, or you? <laughs> I'm enjoying myself, mate. So we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I for me the the hours sort of arbitrary. It's really hooking into the depths of it because what I'm what I'm really loving is it's this radical truth. Mm. And people say it's my truth, then your truth. No, it's radical truth because it's coming from that. You know, oh, mate, I'm. I'm I'm sort of over the the um it's the dark feminine is what we're that's the that's the wounded. You gotta be careful, it's not the dark feminine, it's actually wounded dark feminine. Wounded dark feminine, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll replace that. Because that's what the uh, biblically they talk about Jezebel is that space, and that's that wounded, that wounded woman. Yeah. Thanks for the correction on that. Because that's it's very it's the language of it is really important because the evolution through this has to come from that understanding of the language that sits in it. So when well, we see the wounding of the dark, the dark feminine is what we're we're seeing at the moment. When you see um a, an expression of that is the overprotectiveness of a child, like to the point of suffocating, the helicopter parent is a prime example. We've just gone through four years of the the wounded dark feminine, which is I'll keep you safe. Oh yeah. <laughs> Crazy, and the um the dark magician has been um event. So it's, it's not, right. It's it's really fascinating to watch a lot of the the men's movement bring out the warrior. If a warrior goes into fight against the magician, they will walk away stumped, dragging their sword on the ground, going, "What the hell just happened?" The warrior <laughs> never fights the magician. It's no. just, and and not only that, it's been seeded by toxic masculinity um, conversations. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity because. Mm. 
unbalanced, which causes a collateral damage because the person hasn't completely owned it. And that's mm -hmm. shadow. But there's also unbalanced femininity as well, which is not talked about because it's now we've got this term political correctness, which is actually that's that's manipulative language um, in order to to actually deny us access to the complete healing where everyone then is, is able to communicate purely in in reverence, respect and responsibility um, and allow those those deeper connections to happen. The, the thing about it is um, you watch, uh, and women are amazing at this, um, is the manipulator come out. And women can manipulate men so easily. That's why men, uh, in essence, so many men fear women. Mm. Um, and, it's, and, and like if you go deep into it sexually, like so many men actually fear the pussy because mm. of, you know, what they've been told. And not only that, because they haven't owned their cock either. Mm. And, and I mean really own the, the knowledge, the power of their phallus. Um, and their seed. Um, go back to your point about gestation in the womb. I mean, at that point where the, the it's the egg that actually sends out a frequency to that semen, to that specific sperm. It's, mm. And cellular biologists now know this. So the, 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 that sperm didn't win the race. It's a frequency which is put out, which is entrains and brings the, that semen in. And then that area is surrounded by 12 and the 13 impregnates. In, in, in so then you get cellular division causing the, this incredible thing called life. But mm. come back into this manipulative um, thing. It's when, um, and it goes into a lot of the work that I was doing into myself. Like I actually owned, like call it Satan in me, like mm. the darkest aspects of me. And sitting in the, that energy's presence and shutting up and, and leaving judgment aside, and getting the deepest wisdom that came out and the the fact that that one of the big lessons in that that moment was um i needed to own that my honor was actually a manipulative technique and it was it meant that i had to be honorable i had to be seen as honorable which meant that I would only act in a calculated way in which, and it was all subconscious that, that I, that I thought the crowd or whatever, this engagement, this relationship needed me to be instead of now I don't mind judgment mm. and I, I can therefore love you completely because I can show up as I'm meant to show up, mm. which is the point about, you know, talking about truth. I do this little, I did it at this last workshop. Again, I get up on my high chair, literally I stand on a chair and I throw my voice into a squeal. And I say, you must hear me. You must hear my voice. You must hear me. You need to shut up now. And you need to listen to me because I have a voice. And my voice is important. <laughs> I go on for a bit. And uh, the point of the matter is there's a truth in every half truth and a half truth in every truth. And the actual mm. truth of the matter there is shut up. Shut mm. up. Sit down. Listen. Yeah. One person in this room right now who's not listening to themselves, and it's it's the person squealing. Mm. Secondly, if your voice is not being heard, stop giving it away to people who don't re revere your voice. Your mm. voice is – go back to if you want – any form of um, scripture will talk about voice and what it is, the word, the word of creation. It is. Sound is the, the mm. harmonic of, of, of creation. So – this is a really sacred thing. If you mm. are not being heard in a relationship, stop. Mm. Stop right now. You are sharing your divine given gift to the wrong audience. 
Mm. And that's about you again, not about anyone else. Mm. If they cannot hear, and even in the Gospel of Thomas, uh, one of the Gnostic Gospels, mm. Christ would keep saying, you know, for those with ears to hear and eyes to see. And what he's specifically talking about there in a, a mystical or metaphysical sense is those that hold that frequency or hold that paradigm that can actually see the truth in this moment. Go to Gandhi. Gandhi called Satya, and he wrote extensively about Satya being the word of truth. And he said, if God is to have any name, it would be Satya, meaning truth. So, and that's big T truth, not the fact that, you know, I'm feeling off today and, you know, you've just, buddy, done disrespected me and blah, 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 blah. That's small T truth. And that comes from the wound. So we're witnessing right now all these wounds at play. Mm. It's not, it's not darkness per se, because most evil actually sits in plain sight. Most Mm. actually sits in the light. So darkness is not evil. Darkness is actually where everything came from and everything will return. Mm. It's it's the point of infinite potentiality and infinite creation and chaos all at once. So I must be so balanced within myself, so so emotionally literate so that I understand all the dynamics of energy, emotion and otherwise, Mm. and be able to sit in pure stillness to watch and go from there to then make a move. Mm. I I got initiated two days ago. Another initiation. I've been mm. through. <laughs> I was I was at a place called Lightning Ridge, and anyone who hasn't been to Lightning Ridge, I highly recommend it. Mm. It's the most eclectic way out place, probably besides Cooper Pedy in Australia. And uh, I was I had to travel home back to the coast towards Byron Bay to Mullumbimby, and I moved out and I left. And uh, as I was leaving, Lightning Ridge has had more rain that day than it's ever like anyone remembers mm. and it massive flooding of, of lightning ridge for crying out loud mm. so i was going i decided to take a path between lightning ridge and a place called colanabri and i didn't realize but there was a dirt road between the two the dirt road went for around 100 clicks and it's an outback dirt road too which means it's got outback soil mm. and the thunderstorm comes in and rain starts i'm already on the dirt road and like I have never, even in my times in Iraq, I was bogged for 10 hours in a floodplain in Iraq and we had six vehicles that took 10 hours for us to extract them all. That was a pretty full on day. But I was surrounded by my team. We knew we were going to get out. It was all good. It just took time. I was on my own in my ute. Uh, I didn't have any recovery gear because I wasn't expecting to go on uh, an outback adventure. And um, note to self on that one. <laughs> 2,369 of my life. Um <laughs> But anyway, I'm, I'm in there and like I'm the speedo saying that I'm traveling at 50 kilometers. I'm not traveling at 50 kilometers an hour, but I'm keeping the revs up and I'm having to be completely present because if one slip and I, I did slip once and I went off on the verge and there's just it went down and I was doing everything I could to get the vehicle back up on the solid ground. And it literally took me 10 minutes of working the vehicle forward reverse just going all over and finally in reverse not forward but in reverse like one stage i'm, I'm actually traveling perpendicular the the wheels are full lock left and i'm i'm dr- driving down the road like that but i ripped it into reverse and it was the reverse that ripped me back up on the road which was demonstrating to me james ford is not always the option mm. you've got to be lateral in this thought but like I'm on my own, I've got no communications because there's no cell cell phone reception over there. Cool, I'm taking note of the stations that I'm uh, going past, which are very intermittent. Uh, 
And the thing is, the the trepidation in me was because I told Kirsty I'd be home that night. Mm. So without Kirst, it was like, cool, if I get stuck out here, then I'm stuck out here. I can just go on a seven-day food fast or whatever it is because mm. there's more rain coming. And those roads, they closed for a week or so. Mm. So if I'm if I'm stuck, I'm actually stuck. So and it's that's cool. I can do that on my own, but I've, the the thing is, I've got other people around me. So I'm driving and I'm driving and and I'm just realizing, just coming back to this known center. And sure, there's 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 appreh- apprehension in me. Like I'm driving, I'm I'm on a razor's edge, and then I meet these three blokes in a bloody two wheel drive, and uh, I said, "Hey, you going, guys?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, it's." Uh, I said, can I get out there? Is there a sealed road soon? He says, oh, not for another 30 clicks, mate. Hmm. And okay, another 30 clicks. But he says, oh, it'll get to a bit more gravel in a minute. Now we're heading the other way. I'm going, well, good luck, guys. I said, oh, we're only just going down the road. Right? It's, uh, <laughs> not a care in the world, you know. It's uh, just cool. We've got the eskies in the back. Should be all cool. Very, very different to me. And you know, I'm witnessing that and going, yeah, okay. So, and then I come and I finally get on on, on the um the the sealed road. And I go to Colorado Bright and I stop. And I had to because I had a puncher, but um, and changes in the rain because it was still raining. And yeah. I stopped and I witnessed the energy in myself. And I could see trauma that way, like to be really shaken up by the experience or growth. Yeah. And in just just going into meditation and, and experiencing that energy and realizing, cool, the old way is to have to release that, to tremor it off, to let that that stress leave the body. There's another way of doing it as well. And it's to realize that's not actually trauma. That's not actually stress. To go right into the intensity of the vibration and actually allow it to recalibrate my system. And I'll give you the big tip, massive, massive experience within my body, mm. just by allowing myself to be able to do that. And that was that was an initiation unto itself to see, mm. go back to the point about, you know, letting go of the idea of trauma and realizing there's a rebirth. And I get home and, and cursed, literally, she was doing it she was doing a medicine journey and um, when I was away and like at that time and this calibration that had occurred me, you know, in the youth, et cetera, and her in the, in the cosmos, mm. um, I get home and I could literally, I laid next to her and at night and I could literally feel her shift like energetically. Mm. And so, yeah, she said, you know, I knew you had to come back a different person to meet me. Well, it's funny because, you know, I'd, I was out, out back, uh, touring around, helping communities build themselves, finding out some disgusting stuff like um, pedophilic rings that have just become, you know, standard uh, like drugs and, and not just drugs, but street fighting and everything, which has just been overlooked by certain elements of society and teaching a people that you don't fight that. You mm-hmm. build a viable alternative. And it's not the men who are actually going to sort this shit out. It is the amazing women who will do a Once for Warriors. I told them to go and watch Once for Warriors, 1994, Ooh. amazing Aotearoa movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About the Murray. And it's not until the end that Jake DeMas gets told by his wife what's been going on and he loses his shit. Finally, he steps out of denial. Ooh. And I've witnessed the, the masculine over there is unbalanced. It's Ooh. tainted. It's, it's, it's in denial. There's massive chemical farm, like farms out there that Peter would like lose his shit about. Mm. That they move their family off the farm because of chemical intolerance onto another farm, but keep doing what they're doing because it's a multi-million dollar enterprise. Yep. Instead of going stop, this mm. needs to stop. So the men are in denial. If if the masculine walks in, like men walk into these places and go right, enough's enough. This is changing. 
you watch. They'll close ranks. They'll do what they do. They'll they'll um they'll wait it out or they'll push you out of town. Mm. It's the fem. It's the rise of the feminine right now that's going to happen. And it's the it's a bunch of these amazing goddesses that are around the age of around thirty, etc., that are just going. That they're they're really integrated and they're just going enough. And the rise of the crone who guides this feminine, and then the man must tune in and be held accountable to his own masculine to actually hold space for these women and and then move accordingly mm. and that will create something new where we don't fight that shit you don't fight because the rebellion is dictated by that which you rebel against mm-hmm. so if the story goes this way you have to go this way if it goes this way i have to go the other you yep. don't do that we create we create a new we create from the lesson of the wound mm. that the gift that the wound has given us we then build that becomes the foundation stone and that mm. foundation stone creates this a magic, this magic heaven on earth, this harmonic place where that consciousness doesn't get a chance to take root anymore. That cancer cannot be seen because mm. we're in this harmonic environment. Mm. Wow, <laughs> that's per- absolutely. I, I you look at you look at cancer, and you look at people who've had um, spontaneous remissions from cancer. They didn't attack it from the same mind they were at. They didn't attack it. They become something different. Anita Majani is a prime example of that. I've never met her, but her story um, seems to um, have the, the the foundation of truth to it. And and where she ex- she had a near death experience, well, she died, and then she was given the opportunity to come back into her body. But she experienced who she was outside of the programs, outside of the story. Which was a real gift. Um, you know, this is a spontaneous change that she she was, and so coming back into her body, the body was now that was the new that we had to align with. Mm-hmm. Everything that was dysfunctional was gone. Now there was no fighting that. There was no sort of cutting it out. There was no coming at it. And and it's this is I, I, this is spot on. And it's it's fascinating too because one of the things that I've I've had these conversations that I'm, I'm I'm trying to understand the as I'm having these conversations, it's actually opening up pieces of under, greater pieces of understanding, a bigger sort of picture of things. Because I've been chatting to women about the, the maiden, the mother, the, the maga, and the crone. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about menopause and mm-hmm. that space. And we've been talking, it was interesting when you were saying about um blokes when they retire one and a half years later they were dying sort of thing and and in actual fact in uh, humans seem to be the only species that when they stop fertility don't die Mm. um so you've seen these guys they're in the most fertile stage of their life Mm. they're dying instead of actually going hang on a second i'm transitioning into this new new phase where i'm not actually it's 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 a metaphysical phase and this is what you start to see with the uh, metaphysical might not be the best word, but I'll I'll stay with that. But but when you see the the the, the maga and the crone rec- recognition, actually, there was something you, you, the role of Lucifer within the Bible. Did you ever look into that? Yeah, it was the bringer of harmonies. It was involved in that whole harmonic space, and and it's fascinating to look at that. Is that when it was count- the terminology when he counted himself higher. In more so that's that you could almost say that 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 mind side of things um where it actually hasn't calibrated from a soul space 
that intimate understanding of, of the foundation of the soul. And that's where the, the harmony, that's why I love when you said harmonics, because that's, that's a big word for me, this mm. concept of harmony as we bring it forth. But I love this because I, I, one of the biggest things that I saw over the last four years was the virus was fear. And I saw fear on both sides of the fence. Um, and and I could not be around it. I had to just, I went down to Canberra and, and, and experienced that. And I'm going, no, nah, this isn't it. There's no freedom in fear. I can't be in that space. And I still hear it being percolated and, and stated. And people have to run their own journey side of things. I'm not pulling those weeds. But from my perspective, that's not my, that's not truth. That's not the, that's not, that's not the soul-based wisdom that produces a harmony. And I'm not going to bring that that dysfunctional masculine or the, the dark masculine into that space to try and combat it. You know, I have people saying, we need to get tractors and spray shit on things. And I'm going, you feel you need to do that, mate? Go ahead. It's not, it's not my vibe. But I love this. I love this. This oh God, we, we could keep going, but I, I'm just mindful of time, James, because I'd, I'd love to keep this conversation going and maybe tee up another another time to chat because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom in actually understanding this 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 masculine space. Mm. I, I I I'm so grateful that I've been born into a, into this body that is has has a masculine it is the masculine and and the experience of this i'm owning in its fullness mm. and but what i also notice is there seems to be a, a real um so women go through their their, their, their monthly cycle and it's and the, the beautiful women i've been chatting to talk about it as the seasons so there's a even within a monthly cycle there's the winter there's a the the um as the autumn winter spring summer sort of thing and this is and then then in and over the course of the 13 months if we want to be true <laughs> uh it's probably even more than that but it's 12 well let's say 12 months over the course of that those monthly cycles we see these cycles go through as our seasons that we see and we see their seasons and their so there's this real sort of visceral connection with their body mm-hmm. whereas us blokes we we don't have that in your face visceral connection with our bodies per se we 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 try and do it through the physicality and the muscular the musculature and and that side of things and there can be a, and this is why i think it's so seductive the the, the tribal warrior um men's movement because for the first time a lot of guys are actually feeling they're actually there's a there's a feeling with that the problem is it's it's keeping them it, from my experience of it, it's keeping them very low in the 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 experience of their potentiality it's it's um i i did a purposeful thing where i stepped away from groups um i i got a real understanding of outsourcing um from outsourcing health outsourcing love which you beautifully articulated if i'm looking to somebody to feel like the five love languages i think is a crap book to be honest um yeah, because I think what that does is it, it reconfirms the dysfunction. The gift that's in it, though, is that if you ask yourself the question, this is what my love language is, why? Mm. Bang, if you ask that question why and let the book go, then there's a massive evolution that you can do in who you are, which is quite amazing. But uh, I, I, I'd love to go into archetypes down the track, James, and maybe sort of talk in that space, but I think, and I'll leave you a on that, just in that. Like, 
Um, I, you've heard me probably speak before. I, I believe that the modern men's movement needs to die, um, and that'll happen in time um, because they, they, an evolution will occur. Go back to the the tribal mentality and everything, and I've, I've been around them. That's cool, really cool. Some of them will try and get me involved in it just because of who I am. Yeah, that's cool. No, thanks. Um, <laughs> but the the point is, it, it, it everything is necessary. Everything has its place in the divine plan. It, it requires stillness and observation to see where it is. So a great example is the credit card. A lot of people will say the credit card's really, really bad. No, it's not. Credit card's necessary because in the 1950s, a man would go to work and toil all his life for a very small amount of time to sit back in retirement and actually enjoy life. Um, and he would do it for his family as the provider and the protector of the family, two immature masculine archetypes. Mm-hmm. The, Im- the immaturity of the provider goes into creator and the immature of the protector goes into the space holder when they mature. But the point is, back in the 50s, everything was maybe, and I, I'm not worthy of this happening right now. The credit card gave our consciousness at a collective level immediate, uh, immediate ability to gain something in which most people back in the 50s had to wait a lifetime for. Mm. So it opened this space in shadow of immediate gratification. So we could immediately get it. And they're sure that had came with it a whole heap of um, stuff because the, the emotional literacy of our population is so low at the moment that we predominantly will operate in shadow just there. But that doesn't matter. We needed to own both sides of the poles. So they, they can't get it and they can get it now for it to come to this place of immediate manifestation. And so credit cards are necessary breaking of a mindset to free it from an old stranglehold, to give it a new possibility, which then allows it to transcend, the transcendent function being the immediate manifestation, my ability to immediately in this moment create a whole new way of being, a whole new reality, a whole new create. Like uh, in the last six months, this work that I've been, I haven't been on social media a lot because I've just been working with these communities on the eastern seaboard of Australia who are... Um, and there's a couple over in NZ as well that are that are stepping up and going, listen, we just want to be thriving communities amongst ourselves. We don't want to be told what to do. We don't want to be told all these different things from a centralized um, people who don't actually know us, nor realistically do they really care about us. It's a different conversation. Mm. But how do we do this? So what have we been doing is building, like helping these communities own where they're at, own their own power and authority. Mm-hmm. and look up the etymology of the word authority, really, really powerful thing, mm-hmm. um, and then be able to to, to lead themselves um, away from the fight and transcend it and just go, right, do, do the Buckminster Fuller thing, create the new and don't worry about the old. Don't try and bring mm-hmm. down the old system. Create the new because they will come, field of dreams concept. Mm-hmm. So, And these people, like it's been really fascinating in the last six months to watch some of the most, you know, people you'd walk past in the street and not think twice about it, step up and go as their community, enough's enough. Here's the mm-hmm. line in the sand. And this is what we're going to do. But then allow themselves to be re-educated in a way to possibly do it, which is organic to themselves. So, but at the same time, doesn't push away anything, doesn't throw any baby out with the bathwater and and get them to actually own all this. Yep, cool. There's a reason why the last three years, which again, go back to your point about fear. For me, it was a pandemic of the destruction of critical thinking. And (laughs) so like, why can that all happen? That's necessary for us to get to a place where we realize we're now so dumbed down that, okay, now it's time to educate ourselves 
but I'm not going to rely on someone else to educate me. I'm going to take personal responsibility to actually educate myself. I'm going to create a society which is based and predicated on personal responsibility. Matter of fact, to become part of these communities, I've written up a, a, a memorandum of community understanding forum, mm. and it is all about I agree to stand with the three trilogy, the trilogy of three I've always talked about. You control three things, my thoughts, my words, my deeds. I must act with respect, reverence, and responsibility, and all outcomes must be a win for you, a win for me, and the win for the divine or the greater good, whatever it is. And if I transgress, I will offer a remedy. If I don't offer a remedy, I'll be called account by my community. Mm. And if I don't hold myself to account, I'll be asked to leave the community. Mm. It's back to the basics of personal responsibility and ownership. Go back to your point about radical ownership, like yeah. really, really owning shit so that we can build something completely new that we haven't seen before because it is of a level that we haven't been able to see and allow ourselves to transcend that place. Uh, isn't it amazing the um, that experience you have with that soldier taking drugs? <laughs> and and it, it, it's how it's actually come through. It's uh, from the wisdom of a, that that foundation of who you are and in, in in the in the entirety of your soul. That this is incredible. I, I this is it. This is the this is uh, there. There is the wisdom that sort of sits in in what we see within the the, the shadow environment. Now, the credit card is a prime example of that. What's actually happening within the light? And it's a it, it tries to mimic it. It it it, it needs to have that relationship with it. But it'll mimic it from a what would seem to be an unharmonious perspective, and and what brings it into harmony is is that that the wisdom that's within the light, sort of thing. And and so there's a there's a beauty with that. I know one of the things that I do do, and there's sort of like representations of me sitting on a log looking at a fire, um, when and and on the other side is the the dark forest, and every now and then I see a little bit of movement. And that's a shadow part of me. And I'll actually say, come in, sit with me with the fire. Yeah. And that fire is the solar, which where the word soul comes from. And and so the alchemy that actually can occur through not it's not an entertainment. You're not entertaining it. You're sitting with it. And I and I see the 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 alchemy that's this is why we're in this magician space. And and this is it's funny. Um, my wife is um also looking at how she'll step out of the, the her work environment as as well and and she's doing a course on um health coaching mm -hmm. it's, it's something that's really interested her and and when they're presenting what to do as far as a um a workshop and all that sort of stuff it's old stuff it's old ideas. It's 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 there is not a birthing of something new, and it's like dry, trying to drive your car through the revision re mirror. You, <laughs> you can't do it, yeah. And and this is the thing too. Like you look at the akashic records that people talk about. You know, everything's available and and it's there. Well, no, there's something can be created that's beyond that. Um, there is a birth place. There is something that can be birthed beyond that. And and I think this is what. This is the the area we're moving into as a wisdom. I I don't know fully what it looks like at times, and, and that's the exciting. It's like that that path you had. It was like you pull up and you go, oh, that's the track I take, 
and it goes down to the womb. And 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 I, I the, that sits really strong with me at the moment. That that understanding of things. So I, this is I, I'm so excited about the future. Um, and it's it's there is going to be like just before I started with you, we're doing a reno on the house, and I've been we've been trying to remedy old house building that people have done in a shonky way and and you know so i was covered in sweat and dirt and just breaking bricks and all that sort of stuff and i've got right i've got to quickly go and have a cold shower and come back in and have a chat with jane so there's some hard work you've got to do but the, the what's coming forward from that is just gorgeous and and creating something more beautiful and i love that as i'm renovating myself i'm renovating a house and there the, the this this beautiful serendipity that actually happens in life, you know, we hear that uh, you know art imitates life and life Im- uh, life imitates art at times, you know. So I think this is what I'm starting to see with it. But it's just wow. I, I, I'm I'm going to be listening back to this a few times, James, because you just drop some whopper pearls, mate, which is which is great. But it's speaking my language, mate, and it's a real big. I love when I have these conversations where two minds come together that are coming from the soul base. So a third one's created. Yeah, and I think I think Jesus says, you know, when you're gathered in My name, which mm-hmm. is basically sitting in that soul space, I'm in the midst of you, and you go, "Yep, I love this." And that's not an ego statement; that's an observation of just love mm-hmm. of of where we're actually heading. Mate, I'm going to tap it there. <laughs> uh, absolutely love you, mate. Um, I say big love as well, and I think I might have copied that from you years ago, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I do spell it L-U-V, but I might actually have to come into L-O-V-E. Um, let's, let's own the, the, the love word because I think these words we need to, there is an ownership of these words and the, the precision at which we say things and a beautiful correction about the wounded um, dark feminine is is a really, that's a beautiful, like that's opened up something for me to go, ah, okay, integrate that. What does that mean? which is great mates um i'll put bits and pieces in show notes anything you want to drop in there mate that's sort of sitting in the in the uh the periphery for you that you want to bring into the into the uh into this space no yeah everyone just keep doing what you're doing remember as as many dads come to me and say you know i've I've really stuffed up my family no you haven't you can start afresh right now you can build a whole new world right now and so you are never ever beyond redemption and mm. it takes, it's just a choice and, a, and then a commitment um and i take my hat off to you my brother for what you're doing with the podcast and for everything else and the journey that you're taking you know and being an example of this whole thing so i take my hat off to you man and uh, i send big love to you too <laughs> all right big love mate i'll hit stop we'll have a quick chat afterwards appreciate it mate thanks man This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.